0: Golden State Warriors Basketball.
1: Shoots over Danny Green. Rainbow! Nothing but net! How did he do it? The fifth three-point shot of the night for Steph Curry.
0: This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy.
1: Curry down the near sideline. Crossover dribble all the way. Feet speed and he Hammers it down with a right hand. Great play by Steph Curry. Great delivery and a real nice finish. By Fate. The lobster movement on the back door and slammed it down. Oh. Dribbles between his legs to the oh. rim. Those were a jam. It was blocked inside. He tried to make it a oh. highlight reel all in one. Now just some of the highlights from last night as the Golden State Warriors welcomed back Andre Iguodala, and they got right back on track with their win over the Pelicans. They led wire to wire. And the victory leaves Golden State with a record of 14-12. and And they continue the homestand with a date with the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow night. Hi everybody, this is Tim Roy, inviting you to take a seat around the round table. Now coming up, we catch up with the son of the East Bay, Oakland's Brian Shaw, who is now the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. The Warriors go to Denver for a game on Monday night. We'll talk about his first head coaching job and the challenges of the NBA. I'll answer your questions on Warriors Vox on Twitter, that's Warriors V-O-X, or you can send me an email at timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at warriors.com. We'll check in with Kent Baysmore on his recent hospital visit in Oakland. But first, a conversation with Warriors guard Tony Douglas. We'll find out what he learned while watching from the sideline as he was working through his leg injury. We'll hear about his one on one bouts with his brother Harry, the wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll also talk with Tony about where he sees the Warriors going this year. It's all this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable here on CAMBR 680, The Sports Leader. Now, I mentioned the game against San Antonio. That's tomorrow night. And the Warriors are encouraging fans to support the 2013 Oakland Mayor's Community Toy Drive and bring a new unwrapped toy to the Warriors game tomorrow, December 19th. For more information on this, go to warriors.com slash toy drive. So as we continue with the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, the holiday edition, we'll hear from Warriors guard Tony Douglas right here on KVR 680, the sports leader.
0: Golden State Warriors Basketball.
1: Lee wrestles away the rebound. Leads a three-on-two fight. Mogan running the floor, and he throws it down with two hands.
0: We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: Good big by Douglas. Off the triple three for Tony Douglas. He's got 21 points. I'm Tim Roy sitting around the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Glad that you are, too. And a quick reminder that you don't want to miss the Warriors Christmas Whiteout, powered by Clorox, happens on Christmas night, next Wednesday, December 25th. See the Warriors take on Chris Paul and the Los Angeles Clippers and all the fans in attendance will receive a Whiteout t-shirt courtesy of Clorox. Get your tickets at warriors.com slash Whiteout. I had a chance to talk with Tony Douglas, the Warriors guard, who of course comes from Florida State and has bounced around the NBA hoping to find a permanent home here with the Golden State Warriors. He was injured earlier in the year and had a chance to watch the Warriors, and he's part of the solution now as Golden State is getting back on track and getting healthier. Uh, Tony Douglas is now back on the floor, as is Andre Iguodala, and it gives Mark Jackson a variety of combinations and weapons that he can go to. But Tony talked more than just basketball with the Golden State Warriors. He talked about his relationship with his brother Harry, the wide receiver with the Atlanta Falcons, and how they both give back to their hometown of Jonesboro, Georgia. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Warriors guard Tony Douglas. Well, Tony, first of all, thank you for uh, coming on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, and and uh, it's just great to see you back on the floor. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel good to be back. Tell me uh, about this season, and you, you've had that the, the injury that forced you to to. Uh, to watch from the sideline and and I so I guess you're in a, a good position to kind of analyze this season a number of injuries for the Warriors the team has not been together really as a unit for the ex- exception of maybe a game or so uh what do you see and 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 why do you think the club is where it's at right now
2: um you know um I never seen this happen before in my 5 years I've been in the league well, the injuries we've been having, but, um, you know, we've been facing a little adversity, and, you know, we are a depth, deep team, and one thing Coach Jackson told us from the beginning of the season, we had depth, and we do. And, you know, the injuries that we had so far with me, Iguodala, um, also um, Steph, when he's been out a couple games too, you know, it's been hard, but at the end of the day, we got to have guys to step up, And that's one reason why we had death on this team. Just in case stuff happened, you never know when your name's going to be called to be ready to play. Um, That's one reason why Coach has um, explained to us in the beginning of the season, you know, it shouldn't be a problem regardless.
1: You know, it's funny. uh, I think... You With know, The fact that most road games, fewest amount of games against the Eastern Conference, which is a factor. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not jumping off the ship just yet, so to speak. But I love the comments from Steph Curry the other day where he says, you know what, yeah, we're 13-12, and 12, but we, uh, we want to be better. We expect to be better than this. I like that kind of a comment because it implies the fact that that the club knows it can play better and it knows it will play better.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, coming from my leader, Steph Curry, um beginning of the season you know how it is, you know, we're supposed to be a top team in the West and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still early in the season. They could say we had injuries, you know, it was every excuse that they could give it to us, but as a ball club, as a team, you know, we don't like to make excuses. Um at the end of the day, we gotta come in, we come in and practice every day, we look at film, we know what we need to do. Um do whatever it takes to do to win.
1: Why do you think the club has been getting off to uh, slow starts?
2: Um, you
1: know, we talked about it as
2: a team, and you know, at the end of the day, everybody had to do their individual mat- matchups. It's team we play team defense, but pay attention to detail, report that's what it is. Um, just like when we're down fifteen in the third, going to fourth, how we get that energy to come back. Um, to pull out a ball game, we need to start that energy from the start of the game, and it starts with the, um, all the starters. And then, as a, coming off the bench, um, the role players we have to we have to do what the starters do. Coming off with great energy, we have to maintain that. And also, if the starters doesn't do their job, we gotta make sure that's what we come in at exactly. So it's no <laughs> coming off the bench. There's no like, all right, we could we have we can, um just chill. We gotta make sure we're on point every single night
1: when you come in off the bench and we know uh what a good defender you are and so that's not it that's never a, even a thought uh coming into people's minds but but for you how do you see your role on offense and how aggressive do you have to be on the offensive end maybe to look for your own shot because you're a good shooter
2: yeah i have to be um a lot more aggressive um i'm capable of doing that um i did that throughout my whole career and wherever teams I've been on and you know I think that's a plus of me being aggressive on the offense end, making plays and um shooting the ball the way I can shoot it can help our offense out a little bit um on the on the bench side aspect because we have a lot of great people who can score the ball <laughs> on our team but also I just feel like I could um help out a lot of being more aggressive um driving the ball to attacking the rim and also hitting the open shots and it's always a plus special my defense if my offensive game's not going I don't worry about that I just I always have a good game because I'm gonna bring it every night on the defensive end
1: and no doubt about that Tony Douglas our, our guest on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable I'm Tim Roy and uh, Tony you are a good shooter there's no doubt about that it, the the numbers back it up we watch you you know play and come in and knock down open shots but what's it like to play on a team that has shooters like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson Um, it's amazing. Um, honestly, (laughs) when,
2: when I was, I think I was in New York or Houston when Coach Jackson said (laughs) they are the, um, top five best shooting guards, two combo guards in the the history, probably of the game, I was like, myself, I was like, okay, I, I never... Seen them really actually play all the time, and actually signing here, coming here and practice and games. I'm like they unbelievable. Well, Coach probably most likely wasn't lying about it because they can score the ball. Um, I think by them scoring the, the way they score, um, it's real good for us. And at the end of the day, they both know when the shots not falling. There's other ways they could do to make to help our team win by defending, making plays for others, and stuff like that.
1: Tony when you talk about that making other plays is uh, is getting to the free throw line uh, one of the ways that this club can maybe uh, just make it easier on itself because of the fact that it has a number of good shooters exactly um getting to the line um I think
2: recently we've been um you know it's been like we've been grinding the games out I think when our shot's not falling we gotta get to the foul line and also get easy chance po- easy chance points um and that's comes off our defense um uh, we gotta dig in deep and defend and get easy buckets and get out in transition i think that'll get us going too um the defense in man me being in this leagues for five years like we're gonna have to maintain that on, no matter what happens on offense because night in night out you're gonna we're gonna have to grind out some games they're gonna be games where we're not shooting the ball well but we still get a win because we defended. we give ourselves a chance
1: What do you think about the disparity between these two conferences? I mean, every year I I come in optimistic, thinking, hey, you know, the East has got to be better this year. You know, they got some guys going over to the Eastern Conference and and Derrick Rose is coming back, but then he gets hurt. I mean, uh, do do you guys talk about that? And, and, And if you could break it down, why do you think it is the way it is? Man,
2: honestly, coming from the East, I was in New York. Um, I didn't really – I knew about the West, but being over here on the West when I was in Houston and then came over here, to, <laughs> night in, night out, man, like anybody could beat you. Like there's no days off, no games off. Um, Like <laughs> even our 12th, 13th seed teams right now could beat you on any given night. And, you know, that's scary. And being in the East, I thought the East was going to be better this year too. Obviously they had some injuries on um, – good, play, good players on – the teams over there but um like it's crazy like our 12 13 seed team could be like a top six seed <laughs> right now in the east and um i think the west is where it's at about guard play i think guard
1: plays is, is hands down the west we have it you come from a, an athletic family of course your your brother harry is is with the falcons hd's
0: wide open caught it touchdown 37 yards Matt Ryan to Harry Douglas.
1: He's going through kind of a tough tough year this year. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, they, they've been disappointing me this year. But, you know, one thing about my brother, you know, even though they had a disappointing season, um, he goes to work every day. He gets better. He watches film. You know, um, he does his job. And at the end of the day, you know, this season, you know, they're they not going to the playoffs. Um, obviously hurt. But, you know, at the end of the day they got to move on and get ready for the, the next year. Why do you think uh,
1: it ended up with you being basketball and him being football?
2: Um, honestly, my brother's an aggressive person. He loves <laughs> to be physical. Um, he's actually better in baseball, but he's a physical person. He takes the aggression out
1: there on the football field. And to me, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now. He plays in the National Football League, and you say he's better in baseball? Yeah, 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 he's <laughs> better in baseball, honestly. Wow. He is.
2: And um, Actually, too, like, I'm more... I play basketball right now, but I'm better in probably football than um, basketball. But wow. I just I just don't like the sun. I don't like I don't like <laughs> what I be seeing. They do. I couldn't. I don't have the mental mind for that right now. Uh, so I wanted to pursue basketball, and I love it. And one thing about basketball, you don't always have to score points to be effective in the game. You know, you can make do other little things that change the game around, and it's exciting. That's why I love it.
1: Now, my sources tell me that at practice yesterday you were doing the uh, the dirty bird. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I was doing the dirty bird. I don't know. I can't remember
2: why I was doing it, but probably because the coaches and my teammates probably don't. They always talk about, oh, we're not going to the playoffs. But I say, listen, we got to win. Yes, we got to win. We beat uh, we beat we beat Washington at home. We got to win. So they, even though I talk about the Falcons, they say I'm not allowed to talk about them because they're not even going to the playoffs. But
1: I still support my brother. I'm a fucking fan until so I die. You have to. You have to. You have yeah. to back that up. Hey, uh, if if uh, you were playing football, what position uh, did you play? Um, quarterback, wide receiver, and cornerback. Okay, and I could I could see you as a cover corner. You yeah. got that mentality. Yeah, I could see that. Kind of a lock lock em up type of type of guy. Yeah. Little 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 talking going on too. A little bit too. Maybe. Oh yeah
2: yeah um, yeah. You know we that always happens.
1: <laughs> So, did you guys, like, uh, play the the three-on-three, four-on-four football growing up? Uh, you know, man, just throwing me, the ball around? Yeah, me and my brother, we always,
2: like, played basketball a lot uh, on the okay. court. One-on-one, he's always killed me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I used to go in the house and cry. Like, he cheated, wow. he cheated. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was just making me better. And still to this day, like, we play when we're done, when we're both done. He always thinks he could. <laughs> He could beat me. I mean, like you know, I'm the little brother, so like mm-hmm. my big brother could always beat me, even though I'm better at the sport. You
1: know, of a course, miss- I I have a brother who's 18 <laughs> months older than me as well, and it's I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he know like knows everything I like to do and do,
2: like. I like to do on the court and moves and stuff, but he always end up being me, even though he's not
1: better at me in the sport. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. because there's just, just that little bit of like, you know, you, you can't, you know, there's a little bit of doubt when you're the younger brother, yeah. you know, you get out there, the older brother says, Oh, I'm just going to do, do this just like normal. And, yep. <laughs> and the younger brother always has that little bit of doubt, but, but it's it's gotta be great though, because, because I have a great relationship with my brother who's 18 months older than I am. I come from a family of five, but, but he, is he is my best friend and I can talk to him about a lot of things. I can talk to him about work and about basketball and everything else. It's gotta be great for, for both you and for Harry to have uh, a sibling who who goes through the same type of demands albeit they're different in the NFL and the NBA. But but you guys gotta share because you, you know what you know how the other one has to feel after a tough loss or a big win. Oh yeah, exactly. Um I know coming in when I was still in college,
2: my brother helped me out a lot going through the NBA draft process, especially the combine and everything. Even though it's a different sport, he still, like, the mentality, how, how he went through it, was going through the mentality and stuff. And, you know, I, I already had an edge. I feel like going into the draft and, you know, because of my work that, that One reason why I have my work that, that the way I do is because of him. You know, I look up to him still to this day.
1: And I know that in the past, you and, and your brother have also, at, at this time of year, have given back uh, to your hometown and helping those who, who are in need. Yeah, um, we have
2: um, a foundation called Douglas Brothers Foundation. And, you know, in the summertime, like we have a in August, we have a back-to-school drive. We give, We give out school supplies to kids that's in need that can't afford it. Um Christmas. Um, I, I never be I'm never able to go to the Christmas event because we always plan on Christmas Day. Um but we have an event called um we have event a Christmas event, holiday tree event. We give out free haircuts food at our high school, um all types of gifts um at our high school that we do. Um it's real nice. It's always nice. Um each year we did it and we're we trying to expand it, you know, um when I was in New York I was I did a little bit of the Thanksgiving stuff. Right. Um, with our foundation um it's real nice, and we also have a um a study hall place um foundation at our in georgia where like kids that can't afford tutors and need help in certain subjects and stuff that they always be available to have laptops and do
1: do the things that they need to do to
2: you know to get educated and and to learn and educate themselves
1: uh, that's great It's back in Jonesboro georgia, for those who might not know it's where uh, tony and and Harry grew up uh as as we start to to wrap this up uh, well, first of all, is harry gonna come out to the bay and and uh, hang out for a while and see you play yeah he he was just texting me like the
2: other day he was like when his two games are over he's gonna be coming out here a lot, and especially on the road, like when we go to the east coast he's gonna come to new york like d c and stuff like that. And he'll be
1: out here a lot. You'll see him a lot out here. Oh, great! Because I want to find out about his uh, one-on-one strategy with you. I gotta gotta (laughs) break this down. I think we may may have to get it on the video. You know, put it up on the the screen or something. But 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 tell me your your thoughts on the club. Obviously, you know, uh, Andre Iguodala is on the way back. We hope to see him on the floor soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the ball club is is you know in a spot now. I think you know they they've got that big road trip. Got the big road trip coming up. Uh, right after Christmas, but when we come back from that, I think the schedule kind of turns, you know, in the Warriors' favor after that. So, l- give me your thoughts on, on on the Warriors heading into the holidays and and what you see and, and what you expect. You're gonna see um, a team with, that gives that plays hard with a lot of
2: energy and playing together and doing whatever it takes to do to win. You know, all we gotta do is take it one game at a time. We don't like to look ahead of the schedule. You know, we focus on one team like. We focus on the New Orleans Pelicans, and then after that game, we do the next one, one by one. That's all it takes to do uh, for us as a team. Uh, we all realize that we talked talking about it as players and coaches and as a big unit, that we're doing whatever it takes to do to win and night in, night out. Whatever sacrifices, individual sacrifices we have to do, we're going to have to make that for the better of the team.
1: Tony, I appreciate your time today and, and uh, getting to let the fans getting to know you a little bit more and about uh, your relationship with your brother and, and it's it's great having you on the ball club and, and look forward to some good times ahead. Yes sir, thank you for having me. My thanks to Tony Douglas for sitting down and sharing some of his story. When we come back, Ken Baysmore spreads a little holiday cheer. I'll answer your questions on Twitter, and later on in the hour, we'll talk to the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, Brian Shaw. It's all this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the Sports Leader. Oh! Elevation sensation for Harrison Harrison
0: Barnes. Golden State Warriors basketball. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: I'm Tim Roy, and as you know, the Golden State Warriors continue in their efforts off the basketball floor to help make the Bay Area an even better place to live. This week, we'll check in with Warriors guard Ken Bazemore, who earlier in the month, went to Kaiser Permanente Oakland Medical Center and made a surprise bedside visit in the children's section of the hospital. Kent was on hand to deliver Warriors holiday gift bags to all the kids and sign autographs for the patients. It's part of the Warriors Play for the Holidays Community Outreach Program as the Golden State Warriors organization and every Warriors player will participate in events during the holidays to help brighten the lives of local families right here in the Bay Area. What's up,
2: Duff Nation? It's your main man, Kent Bazemore. Uh, just spending a few time here uh, visiting the children at Kaiser Permanente Hospital in Oakland. Um, it's, it's great to see the smiles on these kids' faces and uh, the parents as well. You know, uh, it's my lot in life to make people smile. It was a great day here. What's your favorite cartoon, man. You got a favorite cartoon. My, my favorite superhero, Superman. Happy holidays from the Warriors. I got a little gift bag for you, man.
1: Say thank you. Look, Bryce.
2: Let me hook this up for you. Got Warriors ground on it. You're gonna like that. You get a nice little autograph. You can hang it up in here, let everybody know that Kent Bazemore came in this room. Warriors, you know, do a great job of giving back to the community, but especially during the holiday season, you know, we travel a lot, but, you know, the time we can give back to the community just to show the people that we do appreciate their time and, and love and support. You know, it, it's very great and it's, uh, Heartwarming to them, you know, to see uh, a tall guy walk into the room and, you know, give away uh, gifts and whatnot. So uh, it was a a very blessed day for myself and uh, blessed for them as well. It was a great day here.
0: Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Thompson launches again and buries a three from right in front of the Clippers, man. Uh oh, we got a shootout. Okay, Corral, here we
0: go. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: It's time to answer your questions at Warriors Box, Warriors V O X, or you can send me an email at uh, timroy, T I M R O Y E, at warriors.com. Before we get to that, quick reminder to celebrate the holidays with the Warriors and see them take on Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles Lakers. This Saturday, December 21st, limited tickets are still available. Secure your seats tonight at warriors.com slash dynamic or go to the ticket information tables located on the main concourse. You can do that if you're coming out to the game tomorrow night when they take on the San Antonio Spurs. 7 o'clock airtime right here at CamBR 680, the sports leader. Let's get to your questions. First of all, on the Twitter, and the Goya wants to know, is Andre Iguodala 100%? I'd have to say that, uh, yes, he is 100%, because I wouldn't put him out there if he wasn't 100%. After the game last night, head coach Mark Jackson addressed the media. Here's what he had to say about Andre Iguodala.
3: He's a guy that makes life so much easier for everybody on the floor. His ability to make plays, his ability to read and react. Um, we missed him. Glad to have him back. And then there was a carryover effect. Other guys uh, began to... Uh, read and react and make plays. So it was a big time win for us. And
1: um, I mean, he's a special player. The things he does on the basketball floor that does not show up on the stat sheet. Uh, we missed. Another question from uh, Twitter at Ham-A-Bone wants to know: Is there any truth to the Lowry rumors? Well, first of all, it's a, it is a rumor. Uh, I don't think there's any truth to it right now. And the question you want to ask yourself any time there is a trade rumor is: What are you willing to give up? Now, the Warriors, of course, gave up a lot to get Andre Iguodala in terms of draft picks. So Toronto is probably looking at something like that, but they would want a lot of picks, I'm assuming, uh, because they're trying to rebuild there. So that that may not come into the equation when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors and potential trade opportunities. But always ask yourself, who are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give up, and can you make the money work? It's very difficult to to pull off a trade in the NBA. You really have to do your homework and have to have enough pieces uh, to make it all work. Let's move on to another question. Nevis Jr. wants to know, why don't they get Bogut more touches? I think they are trying to get Bogut more touches. He's much more comfortable on the offensive end this year than he was a year ago. He's shooting the ball very well inside the paint. In fact, going into last night over a 10-game span. He was 40 for 57 from the field, which works out to over 70%. It's the highest to 10-game stretch in his entire career. So I think they are trying to get him more touches. And now with Andre Iguodala back, uh, he'll get the ball more because that's another player that has to be accounted for by the defense. And the ball's going to move more. Uh, I think you'll see Bogut get a lot of uh, dunks and layups off of good ball movement from the Golden State Warriors. Well, that's all we have time for right now for your questions. For those who submitted questions and we didn't get to it on the show. I'll try to answer each and every one of them personally on Twitter at WarriorsVox. I, Tim Roy, when we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, a Bishop O'Dowd graduate, Brian Shaw. Now the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. He'll join us as we continue on KMBR 680, the sports leader.
0: Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Left side, Boga, touch pass to David Lee. Two-hand rim-racker for Lee.
0: We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: Warriors and Spurs tomorrow night. Don't forget, bring a new unwrapped toy to the Warriors game tomorrow. It's all part of the Oakland Mayor's Community Toy Drive. And if you want more information on that, you can go to warriors.com slash toy drive. The Golden State Warriors will have a rematch of round one of last year's playoffs next Monday night. The Warriors will be in Denver to take out the Nuggets, but the game will have a different feel to it. Denver is a changed team, including a new head coach. It's Brian Shaw, a son of the East Bay and the pride of Bishop O'Dowd High School in Oakland. Uh, Brian Shaw has taken over a talented basketball team in his first NBA head coaching job. The head coach of the Denver Nuggets. It's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, they always say the cliche is you know you move the eighteen inches you know down one seat. It's one of the longest moves uh, of your life. Uh, Have have you found that to be true?
3: Yeah, I mean there's some some um, pretty evident differences just in terms of uh, your responsibilities on a day to day basis and the fact that everyone pretty much in the basketball department um, you know outside of the you know obviously the general manager and president of the team, um, pretty much falls underneath your helm. And so that means when there's problems, those problems are your problems, along with the problems that you already have, you know, dealing with the team on a day-to-day basis. But, um, you know, just the obligations of speaking with the media every day um, and the organization of keeping everything tight and in order,
1: um, you know, it, it, it takes a lot more energy and effort and and Mark Jackson, in talking with us, he hasn't said that much has surprised him. But the one thing he did let out was that, he, that uh, going through simple things like, uh, what hotel do you stay at in this city? You know, what time do you want the pregame meal uh, to be on the road? That, things like that. Those are the kind of administrative stuff that kind of have surprised him. Have you started to assume some of that w- workload?
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, and that, those are you know some of the things that I was alluding to. You know, they... Can wear you down if you um you know if you allow them to um you know before you even get to the actual basketball part of it um, you know, and so I think what what I've learned to do in this short period of time is you know those things that I don't really deem as um they're they're important but not you know to the point where they need to draw my attention away from what you know what I want to prioritize you know I kind of delegate that responsibility. Um, you know, maybe to our trainer or traveling secretary or what have you to, uh, you know, make some of those decisions. And then as I look it over or if we do something and it doesn't, it's
1: not to my liking, you know, then change it at a later date. You know, Brian, a lot of times when, when guys get their first job in the NBA, their first head coaching job, sometimes it's with a team that's in a rebuilding situation because of the fact that that's why the job is open. Uh, you're in a little bit of a different situation. And even with Andre Iguodala coming here, to play for the Warriors, uh, there's a talent base there. You have some uh, some pieces to work with there.
3: I do. Um, you know, we definitely have some pieces, but I would still say that it's a rebuilding situation as well, not in the in the traditional sense, but the fact that there's been so much change uh, here. You know, we lost probably our arguably our best player um, on the team. You know, obviously to the Warriors and Iguodala. Um You know the, the, the Center who started the majority of the games last year, Costa um, Kufis is gone. Uh, Corey Brewer, who was big, you know, big part of the rotation here, one of the better defensive players on the team, uh, is gone. You know, you have a new head coach, um, an entirely new front office. Um, so there are a lot of changes. So rebuilding in a in a in the sense that, um, you know, you have a lot of guys coming from different programs trying to meld and, uh, you know, develop a rhythm and a rapport with one another, Um, you know, albeit not, you know, a teardown situation, you know, where you're taking over a team that, um, you know, lost three times as many games as they won and, you know, weren't weren't a playoff team. You know, it's different in that regard, but uh, still a lot of change.
1: Brian Shaw is my guest, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. I'm Tim Roy for Warriors Radio and Warriors.com. And, and Coach, uh, you, you've worked under Phil Jackson. You had a chance to work under Frank Vogel the last couple of years in Indiana. I you know, just had the feeling the last few years that, that you had gotten to the point, looking at your career from afar, that, that you were ready, that it was time. You had, you had been on, on the bench, I think, long enough to assume some things. It just seemed like this was the time for you to be a head coach. Yeah,
3: you know, I mean, it, it, it definitely felt a little bit different um, this off season. you know, going through the interview process um, and what have you. And I think that, you know, going to Indiana for the two years that I went there was the best thing that, that ever happened to me in terms of, uh, you know, I was kind of uh, typecasted, if you will, <clears throat> as just being a, a triangle guy under Phil Jackson. And obviously, for whatever reason, you know, uh, sentiment around the league you know is that that offense only works with certain types of players and um you know most of the gms that i interviewed with over the years were not a fan of the triangle and they just looked at the years that i was there with the lakers as the only basketball that i knew and um you know albeit i played for seven different teams and various different coaches that ran different systems um You know, and so going to Indiana for the last two years and kind of, uh, you know, doing things a different way um, and in a way that's more in line with what the rest of the NBA does outside of Phil Jackson and the Triangle um, seemed to be, you know, seemed to work for me. Um, You know, I guess kind of made, made those that are making decisions uh, you know, feel that, hey, okay, he knows something more than the triangle and we're not comfortable with the triangle anyway, so um, you know, so in that regard, it felt different, um, you know, I, feel, I, I tried to do everything the way that it's supposed to be done in terms of, you know, learn, um, you know, do my work, my job to the best of my ability um, and uh, keep my nose clean at the same time, you know, and um,
1: you know, so it, it, it's it's finally paid off. It's come to fruition, and I'm just looking forward to getting started. Brad course, is a Bay Area guy. Went to Bishop O'Donnell High School, St. Mary's, for a couple of years before ending up down at UCSB. Uh, when you were playing basketball in the Bay Area in high school, there, there was there was kind of a, a, a glory time of basketball in the Bay Area. There were some talented players.
3: There were. You know, um, I mean, one of, the, one of the guys that actually played at my high school um it was, it was a year ahead of me um tony jackson um that went on to play at depaul i thought it, you know at the time he was the best high school basketball player to come through um you know california or or actually say oakland in the, the bay area um at least in my time when i followed you know as i followed basketball um but you know obviously after, you know, a couple of years after me, obviously, the Skyline teams, you know, with Gary Payton and Greg Foster, um, Antonio Davis at McClymans, um, Henry Turner at Fremont, um, and then, you know, a- after that, Jason Kidd at St. Joe's, you know, I, the, I mean, there was players that came before, you know, and Guy Williams, Lester Conner, um, but, you know, even after that, you know, in, in the Bay Area, in general, and Drew Gooden, and Leon Poe, and, Eddie House and you know, I mean it goes on and on and so, you know, the Bay Area, uh, you know, in Oakland in particular in, in in terms of the size of the city, um, produced some really, really great athletes, you know, going all the way back, if you want to go back as far as to Bill Russell, um and his day his time at McClyman's and Paul Silas and um you know, I was just funny, I was just having a discussion this morning about Um, just Oakland producing athletes, you know, not just in basketball, but, you know, baseball with Ricky Henderson and Dave Stewart and Bip Roberts and Willie uh, Stargell, Willie Stargell. You got um, Dontrell Willis and Jimmy Rollins and, you know, I mean, you know, it goes on and on. And so um, for, I know there was a stat per capita, Oakland produced the most professional athletes, than any other city in the country. I don't know if it's still that way, but I know at one time it was, you know, for a city that, uh, you know, when I was growing up there, I think it was only 400,000 people in Oakland, you know, to and to be able to produce, I mean, the Hall of Fame guys, you know, and Bill Russell and and uh, now Gary Payton. And in a few years it will be Jason Kidd, you know, Damien, yeah, Damien, one of the latest guys that come
1: out, You know, um, you know, it's amazing. It really is amazing, and and there's a couple of guys I wanted to ask you about. Guy, when when uh, you talk about about uh, Hook Mitchell, what, what 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 goes through your mind when you talk about Hook Hook Mitchell, and what what kind of a, a, a urban legend uh, was he?
3: Well, I mean, his name, you know, even to this day, um, you know, still means a lot, and regardless of the fact, fe- you know, for every you know guy that went down the right path and made the right choices and the right decisions and, and things worked out for them, you know, such as myself and, you know, Gary and the guys that, that we know that are household names, Jason, that have made it. Um, there's a number of guys that had that kind of talent and ability that didn't necessarily make the right choices. Um, and go down the right path. And, you know, sometimes some of it is their fault, some of it is not their fault. Some of it is, you know, the circumstances. And I think, you know, in Hook Mitchell's case, um, you know, he, he came from some extreme circumstances that, uh, you know, that that put him behind the eight ball from the very beginning. Um, but with that being said, he's still, uh, you know, a piece of the fabric of Oakland, you know, what make, makes Oakland and his legend Um, is there. And it's not just a regional thing. Now, I think nationally with some of the specials and things that have been on him, you know, people know, uh, you know, know about him and and know what his, uh, you know, quote unquote, claim to fame is. Um, J.R. Ryder, you know, you know, another guy who, um, you know, made it but had some demons that he had to deal with as well that, you know, his ending probably wasn't what you know he would want it to be um but you know guys like like him and and hook Mitchell you know more so um you know for like i say for every guy that makes it there's there's a there's a bunch that don't and um you know that had the kind of skill level that uh you know could have possibly worked out um you know but but it didn't obviously in that case.
1: Right before I let you go any any uh, particular high school matchups or games that uh, you still recall
3: um, i remember well I remember my uh, my senior year we uh, we base we went thirty let's see we, we went we ended up losing in the state championship to Crenshaw. To John Williams down in L.A., and um, we went 33-2 and on the year, and Oof. obviously the second loss coming in the state finals, but the first loss uh, was in the in the preseason uh, against Fremont High School. Um, had a player named Greg Attaway, who was a star of their team, and he eventually ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Portland. Um, but what I remember about that is, uh Summer League, prior to to that season, you know, we were playing a game at Fremont High School and Eric Holloway, who was our starting center, um, who went on to get a scholarship to Arizona State, stepped on the guy's foot as he walked in the gym. And when the game was over, the guy pistol-whipped him in the hallway after the game. And that's you know, obviously... You know we all feared for our life when the guy pulled his gun out and we were walking you know walking out of the gym and so when we played Fremont during the season, that was on Eric's mind, and he didn't even want to play the game um and so it affected him in a way that you know i mean he he basically played the begin the the, the jump ball and <laughs> basically a few more possessions and then you know, that's it. So we ended. Up, that was the only game that we lost up until the, the state finals. We did end up matching up with Fremont again in a tournament at Saint Elizabeth where we blew them out. But um, you know, that was another part of the what happens in Oakland. You know, and right. that you have to deal with, and a lot of those yeah. guys fall. You know, fall in that trap. Um, you know, and have to, and, and and aren't able to even overcome. You know, getting in and out of their neighborhood on the. You know, day in and day out, going to school and coming back home and you know, and what have you. But um, it's a place that if you if you survive and you can make it, you can make it anywhere.
1: Well, that is true, no question about that. I and, mean, you know, and I'm, I'm an advocate because, you know, it's my 19th year now with the Warriors, and, and I've been, you know, the Bay Area is, is home to me now. And, and uh, you know, I, I always tell people, I said, you know, you look at the Bay Area and especially the East Bay with Oakland and uh, the surrounding areas, I think it's one of the more underrated basketball areas, and people don't talk about it. But when you look at it on paper, you go, Wow. This, yeah. is, this is amazing. It is. It definitely is. Hey, Coach, congratulations. You know, we're all, uh, we we're all rooting for you to get a head coaching job in this league, and, and we, we know you can do the job. We look forward to, to catching up with you when the Warriors take on the Nuggets, and thanks so much for your time. All right.
3: Appreciate you having me on.
1: That's Brian Shaw, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. We'll check that game and other games on our schedule as we wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, The Sports Leader. Golden State Warriors Basketball. Draymond goes to work with three, with two, runner, right-hand flip on the rim, and down! Draymond Green!
0: We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: It'll be quite some time before we uh, sit around the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Our next to show is January the 9th. We're taking a little uh, two-week hiatus because of the holidays. The upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. The Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow night, 7 o'clock the airtime. Uh, Tom Tobin alongside as the Warriors take on Tim Duncan and the Spurs, then Kobe Bryant and the Lakers on Saturday night. Again, 7 o'clock airtime on KMBR 680. Monday, the Warriors will be in Denver. It's a rematch. Of the first round playoff series with the Nuggets. We switch over to our backup station, KBR 1050. Uh, 530 is the airtime. Uh, Warriors and Nuggets, we get our first look up close. Well, actually, not really up close. We're pretty high up in Denver. But we get a first look at uh, the uh, Denver Nuggets under head coach Brian Shaw. And then Christmas night, the Warriors and the L.A. Clippers. It's a Christmas whiteout powered by Clorox. All fans receive a Warriors whiteout T-shirt courtesy of Clorox. 7 o'clock the airtime on Christmas night. Warriors and the L.A. Clippers come celebrate the holiday with us out at Oracle. There are still limited tickets available. So you can go online at warriors.com or call one 888 GSW Hoop and they'll help you out and get you out to Oracle, the best atmosphere in the NBA. I, right, Tim Roy, thanks for checking us out on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I want to thank all of our guests, including Warriors guard Tony Douglas. We want to thank the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, Brian Shaw. Thanking my producer, the one who never says goodbye, R.C. Davis. Dave Feldhouse out the controls here at KMBR 680. Don't forget, Ray Woodson is awaiting your call, so dial him up right now at 808-KMBR. That's 808 K N B R and talk to Ray. I, Tim Roy, on behalf of all of us on the Golden State Warriors Radio Network, we want to wish you and yours the happiest of holidays, the merriest of Christmases, and a very happy new year. Warriors basketball on the air tomorrow night against San Antonio. Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll talk to you on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on January 9th.
0: Golden State Warriors Basketball.
1: Stolen by Iguodala. Right to Clay Thompson. Back to Iguodala. One dribble goes to the rim. And he scores with the right hand.
0: For tickets, go to warriors.com. Or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.